Welcome to this week's episode of the Top Producing Zone podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Jin. And I'm Shane Carvalho. Today, we're thrilled to have a special guest, Sunil Baskarin. Sunil is a globally recognized speaker, trainer, educator, and author. He's also the founder of the Global Business Mastermind, which trains business owners to grow their audience and reach, as well as the founder of the Global Small Business School dedicated on democratizing the availability of business education opportunities for all entrepreneurs around the world. Sunil brings 30 plus years of building and implementing successful business plans for entrepreneurs, small business owners, and companies worldwide. His expertise includes leadership, sales, marketing, and global small business. And on a side personal note, I found out yesterday Sunil is an electrical engineering computer science major. So it doesn't matter what all his other credentials are. Just for that, he gets an A++ in my book. So with that, Sunil, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's been a long time since I got an A++. I know, right? I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thanks for being here. Wow. Another session with two engineers. Lucky me. <laughs> I know, Shane. You're, yeah. Yeah. Well, at least you have two two uh, personable engineers, right? So. Right. That's what I was saying <laughs> yesterday. Two engineers that actually have personalities. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a rare thing and concentrated on one podcast. Yeah. Um, so, now, I mean, let, let's start off with this because I know you shared a bit of your journey with, with us yesterday. And I found it incredibly interesting because kind of in an age before a lot of, you know, the internet, before digital, before social media, you know, you've really managed to build out and grow such an incredible coaching and training business. So maybe for our audience, let's start there. Like, give them a quick kind of tour about how this all started for you. Yeah, I mean, it started in 1963, but <laughs> let's fast forward to, uh, you know, I graduated from school, uh, from School of Engineering in Irvine, UC Irvine. And, you know, I came out with a double degree, electrical engineering, computer science, but um, I wanted a you know, I was, a, I, was a, I was a guy trying to apply for his green card. I was working for an engineering company. It was gracious, and it was a great company to work for. And um, But I started a side hustle of doing uh, providing coding software for our companies. And I was door knocking in Irvine and all these engineering companies. And, you know, as you might tell, that's kind of a hard way to do marketing and sales. Uh, and uh, I got a lot of no's, but I got some yeses, you know. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And, you know, uh, but it wasn't enough. And so long story short, I met my mentor, um, my business mentor took me under his wing after being very persistent with him because he didn't want to take me initially. Uh, but he taught me how to market at that time. And he taught mm-hmm. me a smarter way of doing it, which is basically getting uh, all these engineering managers and owners into one room. And uh, so I think, wow, that, that, what a novel concept. <laughs> Why don't you have them all come to the same place? Yeah, I can do my whole thing, right? And uh, and you know it grew. My my business grew, and um, and then he taught me how to mentor, how to coach, how to speak. Uh, you know, he taught me all the rigors and discipline of business, uh, and of being a leader too. So he, he really was a magnificent mentor. Uh, and uh, and then we uh, started a company together which uh, we, we were writing software basically for a travel company to as a bridge technology between the old technology and what was soon to be called the internet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we sold that company for about three point something million in about 1996, a few days before the OJ Simpson. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> probably way before you guys were around. But, um, and then, you know, uh, uh, I mean, I was stunned. It was because it was such a amazing thing. Right? I still remember that time when I, he, my mentor came in, my bis- my fellow business partner, and he said, "Why don't you open up our accounts?" And I opened up the account online, and you know, realized I was a millionaire. Uh, and I, I mean, it really was kind of like, "Wow, what the heck happened?" I mean, my life's not going to be the same, and it couldn't be the same anymore. Um, so that taught me the value of. Um, of really hard work and patience uh, and coming up with good ideas and the right market, the right kind of strategy and all that. Um, and I, you know, I kept mentoring, kept coaching. Um, and around 
uh, I think really what could be more pertinent, I'll, I'll just cover the pertinent points. There's so many yeah. points. This, right? yeah. Uh, yeah. Around 2001, I started uh, like a, like my first LLC. I mean, before that, I had lots of clients, etc. cetera. Um, and, uh, you know, I just got married and I moved to the Bay Area and I knew nobody here. Uh, but with all the principles I learned and the discipline that I had from my mentor, in one week I had a full clientele. Hmm. Uh, and uh, so I knew I was on the right track of mentoring and speaking. And then I expanded into training in the corporate side. I trained people at Cisco, uh, divisions at Cisco, Comerica Bank. This uh, grew grew from there. Yeah. Uh, then around 2006, uh, thereabouts, I started building a, my empire. But really <laughs> my my meet, I got on Meetup dot com, which is a platform, and uh, with my tech tech background, I figured out how I could really leverage that platform for business people because mostly it was for hobbyists. Mm-hmm. And I figured that out, and I and that kept growing, and we had a pretty much a monopoly on business events in under the Meetup umbrella in the Bay Area. Uh, and uh, and we just kept growing and growing. And I expanded to other cities. I figured out how to do that. Uh, and we grew to about 200,000 plus people, uh, members around the world. Uh, and then pre-pandemic, um, I met the CEO of uh, Meetup, David Siegel. Uh, and I also met the CEO, the president of Alignable, which is another platform small business people now are starting to use. Yeah, about sixty, well, thirty million people across the country. Yeah, uh, and um, I told them both, you, you need guys need to get online. Yeah, <laughs> and do online <laughs> events. And uh-huh. they said, yeah, yeah, we got we got to do it. And so they did it. And uh, I led a worldwide webinar to all the Meetup members uh, on how to get online with using the Meetup platform. Uh, so established a name there and. Uh, and then it occurred to me, you know, instead of doing my own events that was building my own business, I should promote other people. So I started promoting other people and doing summits and bigger networking events. Uh, and it just kept growing and growing from there. Uh, and so today, you know, I'm promoting other people, promoting speakers, allowing, giving them the chance to speak in front of an audience. Um, and I think I'm making it a lot more affordable. Um, so my, my mission which I started a few years ago was to have a hundred million joyful and successful entrepreneurs in the world globally by 2050. So that's what keeps me up. That that's what gets me up in the morning. It drives, you, huh? uh, it drives me, you know, yeah. I mean, it is, it's not a slave driver, but boy, it's a good no. driver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's not where are you at on the count? <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Where, where are you at on the count for the journey? Like how, how uh, many? Well, you know, I got at least uh, about 300, Thousand probably by wow. now. I mean, you know, if I include people I've been influenced over the time, and and uh, I've got a more rigorous count, uh, but um, uh, you know, I, I got to get more rigorous about it because we actually have standards for what joyful and successful is, and uh, so uh, I'm basing this on stats from the I think the Asian Development Board. They actually do a study on a number of entrepreneurs in the world and how they're doing and all that. So. Um, so it, it's a fairly rigorous thing, and uh, it's going to get more rigorous as I go along. But I'm building the foundations now with the school uh, and figuring out how to scale this. Hmm. Uh, you know, in, in social science, there's a number called Dunbar's number. It's, the, it's about 156, and it's like the maximum number, supposedly, that a human being can interact with and build community with. So I'm trying to break Dunbar's number. <laughs> <laughs> break history there. <laughs> break it, trying to figure out how to yeah. do that, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with technology and and better structures and systems, which I think we can do. Um, and, you know, there are a few people who have broken that, uh, but, you know, I, I want to do it in a way where I'm not the rock star, the guru, <laughs> you know, but we create interaction. So uh, that's a bit of a summary of why my growth, I hope that answers the question. No, that, that was, that was, uh, that was super helpful. Very insightful. I have a lot of questions. Uh, and I want to dig in more with you on, I think the first one is I kind of want to go back to the beginning where we kind of talked about, you know, engineers with personalities and without personalities, obviously <laughs> you have, 
That's fine. I can handle it. As an engineer, I can talk about engineers, right? Um, yeah, right. I mean, like, I think there is the stigma around engineers not having personalities or kind of being, you know, maybe kind of in our silos, kind of focused in on our tasks. But obviously, when I look at you, yeah. you, 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 you're incredibly charming. You're, you're incredibly well-spoken. You've built out such a great network. I think right. for a lot of engineers, like that's not easy. For a lot of other business people, that's not necessarily easy. Sure. Um, did that skill set like come naturally to you? It sounded like your mentor helped a lot, but yeah. how did you kind of help yourself build out the skills you needed to get to this point and build out those communication yeah. and networking skills? Well, we want to get a little bit deep here, just so yeah. we'll okay with me. <laughs> I love deep. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, uh, <clears throat> so. Uh, you know, I, I went through a lot of trauma when I was young. And uh, part of the reason I came to this country is I realized I needed to come here to get help. <laughs> so upon landing 1984 on the shores of California, um, yeah. within a year, I was doing therapy. And, um, and you know, the, the therapy was the first time I actually told anybody about my trauma. So that there's a sense to this. And, and by the way, you don't have to have trauma to have to develop what I developed, but right. you'll see what I'm saying this, you know, in a minute or so. Uh, you know, in developing myself, I had to start internally, mm -hmm. uh, not externally, because prior to that, I was thinking, oh, how can I fix this problem uh, yeah. that I had? And um, I realized that I had to, well, work internally. And that means examining my core beliefs, where my past was being misfiled into my future. Mm-hmm. I'll explain because, you know, every time I looked at the future, I just saw more of the same past. And that was because I didn't make quite a, a clean enough break from the past. Doesn't mean I'm going to forget how I, how to eat or, you know, right. Yeah. Or how to treat other people. But it's the things in the past that were kind of coloring how I should interact with people in the mm -hmm. present or the future. Yep. So, you know, my trauma was coloring that. Like I had a lot of distrust. I had, you know, I, I only wanted to work with myself. Uh, and even myself, there was a lot of distrust. So you can imagine how ineffective that could be, right? Yep. And so, you know, I started delving into the world of what I didn't know that I didn't know. You know, uh, like I had a blind spot and I hadn't, had no idea I had blind spots. Now, all of a sudden, I was realizing the car of my life had a rear view mirror that had a blind spot. In fact, I had a whole bunch of blind spots. So it's kind of like bad news. But at the same time, there was freedom. You know, Gloria Steinem said it really well. The truth will set you free. Yeah. First, it'll piss you off. Yep. <laughs> yep. So I'm all for the quick piss off. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so I, I started embracing this way of being of embracing the truth. Uh, truth will set you free. But first, you got to deal with it. And yeah. I started dealing with it. It wasn't easy, but I climbed every inch of that ladder. And in climbing that inch of the ladder, I suddenly discovered, you know what? I was getting a lot more comfortable with people. I was getting really comfortable to be on, on stage. Hmm. I wasn't worried when people asked me questions that threw me off. Because some people, because of their past, they're more concerned about looking good rather yeah. than being there, right there, right? Yeah. Being themselves. Being yeah. themselves. Yeah, what does that mean, being yourself anyway? You know, and, but I, what I started creating too was I realized <clears throat> that I made up all this crazy SHIT about my past. And it was just as crazy to make up a future that I had no justification for. Just as crazy, right? So I said, you know what? If I'm going to make up stuff, why don't I make up some good stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm making up good stuff for my future. And that's how I started creating a future. Okay, you know what? I'm going to create myself being a millionaire. I'm going to create myself being a joyful millionaire. <laughs> I'm going to create myself to be a speaker as accomplished. And then, you know, at some point I said, I'm going to create a worldwide community. And I started creating a future. And then I, I realized that that future started having more oxygen in my life. It started creating more oxygen for my fires, whatever we call it, <laughs> uh, versus the past. And I realized the past wasn't a very efficient fuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can see the engineering background in this. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I realized I could be either a smart uh, designer of my future using the right kind of fuel, which is the future, 
or I can use the past. So when you start being in the future more, you actually become naturally more charismatic. Hmm. Some people are born with charisma. Some like people Shane. Are, yeah. <laughs> I said like Shane. Charisma. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have it, right? You know? And I mean, charisma, like really good, effective charisma is when you, you're not attached to your agenda. You know, you, you may have an, an attachment to something bigger than yourself. Yeah. And I can hear it in you guys, right? You, you have a commitment to the, the, the community of real estate, realtors, real estate agents, brokers, construction people, etc. I mean, the list goes on. And, you know, that's why you guys wake up in the morning and do this podcast. Uh, so that creates like this intrigue in people, you know, because they see you doing this. And it's kind of like, wow, those guys are kind of like not quite crazy, but crazy. <laughs> We're crazy. <laughs> We're crazy. <laughs> well, Ladies and I... And I think that's a great point. And I, Shane, I want to I want to kind of hand this off to you a little bit to kind of get your thoughts because before I kind of share mine, because there is this sense, and we've talked about this before, of people feeding off like your the energy, the, the energy that you present, and yeah. people know like they have a kind of a sixth sense of like when you're out there for yourself versus when you're like truly open and like caring about what it is you know yeah. you what it is they care about and what you can do for them, right, Shane? Yeah, no, it's it's so true and. I mean, talking about that, but also touching kind of on one of your, of your points, you know, when you were dealing with your trauma and everything, it's like, because you are out there networking, you are out in the public, I've been in the public my whole life, you know, you can't really have secrets, you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to be, you know, like, the charisma and the excitement and everything, like, I can always be 100% with people, because I'm not holding back anything. Like, I'm not pretending, this is who I am, I'm excited about life, I mean, I have my challenges, I have my bad days. But I'm fired up about life, but I'm also ready to be asked any question out there. Like there's no like secrets out there. I mean, I've had my trauma. I've gone to therapy. Like we all have our challenges. The thing is, is that when you actually try to be that perfect person or fit that image or whatever, you can never you can never really open up and be authentic with people. And people are willing to be vulnerable with you when you can actually be vulnerable and, and really open up. Like you just shared something about your past. I didn't know. I've known you for like 20 years. Yeah. I didn't know that. But yeah. you've spent enough time talking to Michael and myself that you're like, you know what? These guys are authentic. They share who they are. I feel comfortable sharing something a little deeper about myself. Yeah. Right. You know, honestly, in, in nowadays in business and what's different is like people like we always talk about this. People work with people that they like, mm -hmm. you know, people that they connect with. Right. But it's like. You can't create these natural connections. Like you can't go out there and build your network, you know, just being kind of this fake person closed in. Like right. people that are in your network, I guarantee that like I'm sure you got people of people that have come in that maybe you don't know a lot of them, but like the people you've networked with, yeah. you really connect with in different ways, right? Yeah. Very. I mean, there is such a thing I believe as business and intimacy. It's not too far from just, you know, usual intimacy. Yeah, and it's based in that trust. And uh, it's so rare, right, to be authentic. You know, it's like uh, authentic is when you're you're willing to tell the truth about where you're lying, right, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's a lot better, right, than just trying to trying to give you the appearance that you're honest all the time. Uh, but, you know, when, when people see that in you, they, they feel more relaxed and – but, you know, it's not like, you know, you're relaxed like you, you, you're incompetent. Uh, you know, uh, you can be very competent, but if you're inauthentic, you know, it's kind of hard to do business with people like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I was going to say, Sunil, one of the things about that, and I'm going to pass it back to Michael, is that, you know, one of the reasons that people have a hard time connecting with people that are not authentic is because, like, if I go to your seminar and you're talking about how great you are and how perfect your life has been, how you've done this, this, and this, how the hell am I ever going to connect with you? Because yeah. I'm thinking about how many times I've, excuse my language, but fucked up or like made yeah. mistakes or just like, right. you know, it's like you're like some superhuman. I'm right. like here listening to you. I'm yeah. like, how the hell am I ever going to be this superhuman? Yeah. You know, like I literally was just like, I just ran a red light or something like I'm like guilty. Like I just whatever, you know, I just I right. cheated on my diet yesterday. I didn't work out this morning. Right. And then I'm listening to you, Mr. Perfect on stage. there talking about how great your life is and yeah. I can be there right. too. Where's the connection? 
right, Michael? No, no, and it's I absolutely agree, and it's even more important like these days, you know, because Shana, you and I have talked about this before. It's like you go on Instagram. And like, whether it's real estate or anything else, you see people marketing themselves and you see like the flashy cars, the big homes, the fancy houses. And, you know, like if I'm putting on, I take off my real estate hat, I put on like my, just my consumer hat and I'm like, well, I'm in the market to buy a house or to sell my house. Well, my house doesn't look like that. Like, how are you going to help me? Right. Or even as a real estate agent, it's like, well, hey, it's great that you've built up this business, but like, I'm not there yet. How do I, I think people are very interested in how do I get to that place? How have you kind of gone from the, from the ground up to where you are now? And what have you struggled with? People crave that, that, that connection, um, especially on social media. And Sunil, I was going to go back to one thing you said before. I think in order to kind of build that that trust that kind of confidence to be to be able to move past like creating this just image about yourself it does take a lot of that work and like to your point like you, you hope people don't have to go through trauma to do that but like i know shane and i both have shared on past episodes like our past trauma and it is interesting because at least in my case going through trauma did actually force me same same with you it forced me to go and talk to a therapist and you know, side, side plug in like therapists, best thing ever. Like you, everyone should go out there and like, just talk with a therapist because it forces you to reflect. And for me, like it forced me to like realize, you know, growing up the way that I did, it was very performance driven. And so for me, it was hard to share about like my failures or my weaknesses because like I, in my head, it's like, I always had to have the right answer. I always had to, you know, get the straight A's, right? It was, it was very performance dominated. And until I took the, the time to go through and like reflect on that and realize that was something that was holding me back, I think I constantly just always shied away from like getting on camera or, or sharing anything about myself um, that was negative because I didn't know how other people were going to perceive me. Um, and it's it's funny that now, like, I go on social media and it's like, okay, I'll just I'll share about myself, and it's random strangers would be like, oh, that's very cool. Like they 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 start building that trust with you because you know you're they, they can tell they have a they have an authenticity like BS meter. I feel like everybody has it. You know, yeah. you can feel it. And if you and if you're present enough, if you work enough through yourself, even if you yeah. have it, you always feel an itch in the back of your neck. Yeah, you meet somebody who's inauthentic. You know, yeah. and all yeah. about. Her, him or herself. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and then when you stand out, I mean, the best branding is what I call refreshing honesty. You know, uh, <laughs> you tell people uh, if, you know, if you can work with them or not. I mean, everyone claims you can, I can work with anybody under any circumstances and give you breakthroughs within 20 seconds. Right. And, you know, uh, yeah. it's kind of nonsensical after a while. And, but um, to share, yeah, to share, give, give people access to, you know, to, to this world of business, especially in the world of success, uh, you know, uh, it, it's good to give them access rather than what you, where, where the knowledge of where you're at, right? I mean, if I gave yeah. the knowledge of where I'm at, I, you know, a lot of people are starting out won't, won't have any access to starting so yeah. yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of trust is built in meeting people where they're at rather yeah. than trying to have them force them to meet you, you know, someplace <laughs> where you're at. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh you know uh it, it's it's I think in, a, in in dealing with trauma, uh one of the things I've I've come up with as a distinction is this distinction called enhumblement, which is not about eating humble pie, you know, it's not about denigrating yourself or having your inner critic rule you all the time. Uh, in fact, it's quite the opposite. You own who you are because who you are is actually bigger than your identity. You know, it, it's it, it's like the opportunity for people around you to benefit from your business in a big way, right? And when you start doing it like that, I found my, the branding and the marketing gets a lot easier. The sales cycle come down. It's a lot shorter. Yeah, you meet the right people uh, because the, the the people who who have been in business for for a long time, 
know, they they look at you and go, okay, you you understand something. You're a lot more savvy uh, because you're not trying to put one over me. Yeah. No, you're trying to be right. where I'm yeah. at. Too. Uh, yeah. And I think that's very important skill to develop. Uh, yeah. If you're especially, I mean, I think your your market is going to be a lot of realtors as well. You know, if you learn how to do that, then people warm up to you a lot sooner. Uh, so, yeah, you don't have to have trauma necessarily, even inborn charisma, but you can build that charisma uh, in, in, the, in the best way, which is by <laughs> letting go of your own agenda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and kind of doing, I mean, I, I think you hit it on the, you hit it on the spot. It's, 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 it's the work that you've done. It's the work that we've all done. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. reflecting on, on the past, right? And not kind of holding on to the past, yeah. But using the past to kind of inform, like, okay, how how did I previously make decisions? How did I how did that impact how, the actions that I took? Right. And and like, it, it, does that align with you know my my vision for the future? Like you were saying, and if it doesn't, like, how right. how do I change that? Right. But if you don't do the reflection, then right. you don't know how to change. You won't know how to change. And, and you know, in, in fact, I mean, if if you do a simple exercise, I'm speaking to the audience out there. You know, if you start noticing when you get angry when you get reactivated, when you feel depressed, when you feel sad, there's always some kind of trigger. Yep. Some some exceptions not, it's just your, your mood maybe, but mostly it's a trigger. Yeah. And a trigger is not from from outside, it's something that's triggered in you, re- reminding of something from the past and now rules you, now it's got you. Yep. You don't have it, it's got you, you see? Yep. Uh, and the, so if you don't bring any awareness in the moment that it occurs, then you're always gonna be a slave to that hooking. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen people who have made millions and they're still hooked. I was talking to a world, uh, well, he, he's extremely famous uh, uh, talk show host. And um, he was telling me even now, it feels like every time he gets out, he's, he's like starting anew because he has the same feelings of inadequacy he had when he first started. Hmm, interesting. And he's realized that he hasn't done enough work on himself now, you know, one of the things he said, oh, man, I wasted my time doing all this. And he said, no, man, no, you've, you've learned a lot. Yeah. You just have to do this work right now to complete that past. And believe me, you, you, you'll take off no matter how old or young you think you are. It's yeah. always the power of the moment and doing it right now. So I hope that's encouraging to people that, you know, it's an access. It's a practice. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Now, if you're watching on YouTube or streaming this on your podcast platform, If you could do us a favor, leave a comment down below and let us know where you're listening or watching the show from today. It greatly helps with the algorithm and helps us get reach out to more people who need or want to hear what we have to say. We greatly appreciate it. And now back to the show. Yeah, no, you guys, that's awesome because I can totally relate to that. And one of the things too about what you were saying about the unhumblement and everything is that, you know, when you are like, obviously we're in sales, like a lot of what we do is sales, right? But it's like, that in humblement and and that way of being, it creates um, a safe space for the consumer or the other agent or whoever you're dealing with to where they drop their defenses and then they're willing to be open up because the thing is, is that like for me, like everything, like I benefit from, you know, obviously selling people things or bringing people in or whatever, but when they really trust that you're looking out for their best interest, because you can both win. And I tell people this all the time, even like in a selling a house situation, I want the my if my seller is going to win, the buyer can win, too. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, I can tell you right now, when I walk into some place, I'm going to buy something and the guy's like calling me like, hey, boss man or hey, like just oh, like I just I can even see that. And it's like just pisses me off. But so it's like, you know what I mean? Like you guys are laughing because you've had these experiences, right? Like I'm the boss or I'm bro or hey, cuz, or whatever. Someone doesn't even know you, hey, cuz, like, cuz, like, what? Like, just the approaches people take in sales. Now, I'm talking about, like, I mean, some of this, obviously, is more in a lower-level consumer, like, smaller thing, not necessarily houses. But but the thing is, is that, you know, that approach is like, wow, this guy is real, this guy is raw. And, you know, I feel like I could have an open conversation about how he may be able to help me. And uh, you can't, I don't want to open up like these slime balls that call me about business capital. Cause like when you're an entrepreneur like myself and you have multiple businesses, you get these spam calls all day long. And I swear, like if I hear one more New York accent with, you know, it's like, I already know, I know, no, I love New York. This is not knocking New York. I have 
you know, I got my peeps in New York, but I'm just saying that same accent, that same call, that same approach, like I'm already turned off. As soon as I answer the phone, just that voice, it's like, I feel like these guys are all like in a humongous room together or something. Like they're all just calling one by one. It's like, it's the same spiel. It's the same thing. It, it kills me. So, so I like that you brought that up because that's something very important that obviously you learned early in your career and it obviously helped you have tremendous success because I'm turned off. There's leaders out there, even people that sell coaching and seminars and stuff. There's people out there that turn me off. Like I'm not going to name drop here, but like there's people I cannot, I just cannot even stand like my intuition before even getting to know them. Because people always say, get to know people, give them a chance. But I had an experience a couple of years ago and it was exactly what my intuition told me. And it was the validation in the moment. I wasn't looking for that. I didn't even know the guy was going to be there. But the guy was exactly who I thought he was. And so it got validated. And so I'm not saying, you know, I try. I always look at the best in people. Like I always, and Michael knows this, this is how I get screwed so much. It's like I always look at for the, you know, the good in people, not the bad. And I ignore some of the intuition, but I am getting better about the intuition. Yeah. Well, this that's part of the reason you want to you wanna build yourself up is so you get present and then you start noticing that where you're being nice, you know, nice, you know, the 13th century meaning of nice meant to be foolish. Yeah. You know, and I'm still learning this, you know, I'm still learning this because it's such an ingrained thing for me to be nice. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I lean more towards being nice. Uh, I, yeah, same. Yeah, you know, and what I'm learning now more and more is, you know, to get related to what's so, right? Related to paying attention to what they're saying, what the language is. Are they speaking the language of trust? That, you know, are they wanting to work with me or are they just all in it for themselves? You know, you can start picking up that kind of language and start paying. Sometimes you don't want to see that because you want to give people the best, right? But It's disappointing. It is disappointing. But, you know... Uh, I think that's just par for the course, you know, and, and as you get more and more experience, you get better at it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I tell people, you know, don't, don't be afraid to fail. I mean, you know, it's most entrepreneurs, I mean, you, you all, right, have failed uh, probably badly. Uh, and uh, the most important thing is to get the lesson out of it. And so, you know, if you've been cheated or you're afraid of being cheated, you know, What, what's the lesson in the last time you got cheated, right? So you don't have to repeat it. Uh, I think that's that's important to inculcate people because otherwise then we're always like either going to be keeping our distance or continuing to be nice, right? Uh, but, you know, you can be compassionate and straight rather than nice. Yeah. Uh, those are not conflicting things, being straight and being compassionate. You can tell the truth uh, and and still be... You know, a champion for that person to be, to be a winner. Uh, so you know, I think really uh, a lot of your audience is probably dealing with this, right? <clears throat> this fear of negotiation. I mean, Shane, I am. I know both of you are pretty damn good negotiators, right? Um, and, <laughs> well, yeah. I'm glad that one's, I'm one's, le one's learning to be better. The other one's very good. <laughs> uh, uh, well, yeah, you know, I'm sure you're good too. I'm sure you're learning, <laughs> learning from the. Shane, man, I mean, I've, I've seen him in action. He's really good. Yeah, I, I know. I, I always say I'm, I'm like super jealous of Shane because like say like being able to negotiate and like to be able to sell in a way that's like personable is yeah. something that comes so naturally for him. And yeah, I, you yeah. know, there's the expression you sell I sell ice to an Eskimo. Like that's that's Shane right there. <laughs> and and Eskimo is happy about it. And yeah. Eskimo is happy about yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's Shane. I right can't there. believe I bought so much. <laughs> I want to buy more. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, it's kind of funny to be hearing that from you, especially with Sunil. I mean, Sunil was one of my first business coaches, you know, when I was starting out as a mortgage broker. I mean, shoot, we worked together about 20 years ago. And uh, and I've told you in the last week, I mean, Michael, this guy right here is the guy that taught me. Because you can imagine in your early 20s, all the testosterone and the emotion. He, he taught me how to separate the emotion from the negotiation. And that has been one of the greatest skills that has given me so much success in my life. And one interesting moment that really tested that, and you just 
reminded me of this. I have this this disabled veteran that I helped buy his first house about three years ago, hmm. and he had him and his partner had signed a three year lease of all things, and all of a sudden they realized they could buy a house. They were only about eight months into that lease, and I'm like, well. Let's. It was a hot rental market. Things rent like hotcakes. In fact, those landlords, I knew could probably even make more money. And so I wanted to talk to the landlord with him because he was really nervous. And the landlord was a real estate broker from San Jose, from the Bay Area. And so I, we got on a three-way call. And this still stands out because I've had multiple situations where I've been yelled at or cussed at over the years. And honestly, for not even doing anything, like I don't piss people off. People are just, you never know what people are going through. But, but anyway... I'm on this call with this real estate broker from San Jose, and this guy is like on one, like F you and F, F this and F that, like yelling. My client's on the three-way call, and, and he knows my client's on too, which is even like even more shocking. It's like, dude, you're a real estate broker. I'm a real estate broker. We've both been in the business for a long time. Our client is on the phone, for God's sakes, and he was just on one. And oh. you know, And I thought about you after this call because I was so calm. I didn't raise my voice. I didn't cuss. And when you're calm, you have such a clear mind. So you guys talk about being a good negotiator. You slay people. When people go off on these emotional tangents, oh, you just you annihilate the situation. I just sat there and picked this guy apart. He was and then they get more angry because I'm not reacting. They like this guy was I thought this guy's gonna have a heart attack. He's probably in his, you know, sixties or seventies, you know, and he was just like, you know, older guy and just you know, he's just on one. Like, I think I would have been more accepting if it was some younger guy in his 20s, like I once was, where you're a little hotter, right? But someone not late in their career that should have had a lot of experience and maturity, would, you would think they would be a little different. But but it was interesting because um, I got it done. I got it done, and we got him out of that lease. Um, he, they still, you know, punished us a little bit. But I wrote a check out of my bank account to bail him out of that lease, and you know, last year we upgraded properties for him. They found something they liked, and I they made a ton of money on selling their first house. And they absolutely love me. I can't say the guy's name just for privacy, but Michael knows what client I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, right. Michael, how many calls have you been on that this client calls? This client loves us. Yeah, now that now that you make that statement, I know exactly yeah. who you're talking about. <laughs> so, but anyway, the thing is, is that you know, I went to give the guy the keys at a hotel because he moved up to East Bay, and they had to stay in a hotel a couple nights before the house closed. You know, when I went to give this guy his keys, he handed me a check for that amount. It was a gift to help him get that deal done for his first house. But that check that I gave him to buy out that lease, he said, you know what? Thank you. Here. I was like, I was touched. I was like, wow. Like that, that whole situation probably would have never happened if I had gotten fired up. And if I had, so it's like, so thank you for actually helping me be a better negotiator because that's a skill that you taught me at the beginning of my career that look what it did. Like, and look how, look what kind of like, yeah, sure. Did it help me make a sale? Okay, whatever. But all that aside, look what it did for this client. And then, and look how much this client valued everything you've done for them that they actually wanted to thank you a few years later. I'd even forgotten because we forget, you know, like, um, yesterday I was getting interviewed and the guy was asking me, well, what do clients say about you guys or what do clients love about you guys? And I told them, I go, you know what? I kind of, I know a lot of what I hear, but what I told them is I actually spent time periodically. I spent time reading the reviews. Like when I get reviews pop on now, I read them fresh, but like sometimes I'll go back and read the reviews because you don't understand in the heat of the moment. Like you don't realize what you do. Like that check. I didn't remember writing that check. I never even, I didn't remember that money went there because these are things that you're doing. And this goes back to what you guys are saying. Like we're working in the best interest of our clients, not ourselves. Yeah. And and so Shane and like Sunil, I'm kind of curious about that. Like what have you, how have you guys kind of, what, what's worked for you guys in terms of being able to stay calm in, in the face of like the negotiations like that, where, you know, the other side might potentially be hot headed. Like one of the things that's helped me is just, you know, realizing that what I'm experiencing in my, like to my face, oftentimes it has nothing to do with me. There's something else going on, but like what other things Sunil, like have you worked with clients on to help them go through that? I, uh, I get very encouraged when people get self-righteous or angry hmm. uh, because it's not because I'm trying to 
harm him or trying to put him in his place. I have no interest in it. I have like zero negative exponential interest in it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very clear because of all the work I've done that it's never my problem. But there's an added caveat that gives even more freedom. See, I assert it's not even their problem. Hmm. See, because all that's happening is he's made up some stuff from his past that has nothing to do with me. In fact, it's nothing to do with him. <laughs> so that really frees me up because I don't have to fight him. Yeah. It's kind of like Aikido. You know, you don't fight the guy. You yeah. move with the energy, right? I move with the energy. So I listen to what he says, but I don't react to it. I don't add fire to it. I don't try to douse it. I don't do anything with it. I just listen. But, you know, there's stuff that comes up for me. I can feel my heart rate go up. I can feel a tightening in my shoulders. A bit of my past comes up about some bullies from uh, primary school. You know, and... But they're all familiar because I worked with it enough. I know, okay, there it is. There it yeah. is. Yeah, on time, yeah. that other feeling's coming up. Yeah. I can be with it just like I can be with my hand here, you know. Uh, and you can, you can learn to be with all this stuff because if you try to resist it, it just becomes worse. It's like you tell yourself, don't think of a pink elephant. If I keep saying, don't think of a pink elephant, what are you guys going to You already thought about it. You yeah. thought of a pink elephant. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But if you just let it be, then the pink elephant disappears to the background. Then you're just present and you realize that it's, this is really not a problem for any of us. The only problem is this guy's making it a problem. So let me help him unwind it. And mostly I just listen. And uh, then I ask him a question. What do you want? <laughs> do you have a request? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and sometimes they get wound up and I let them go on because it's the only thing you can really do unless, you know, and I, I know I got a choice. I can also walk away, um, you know, and um, so, it, but it, it's that kind of frame that I start with. Like, it's really not a problem for him nor for me. And he just like a human being is caught up in inventing a problem that has nothing to do with reality. Yeah. But I'm like him too. So there's nothing to make wrong, you see. Yeah. Double, the whole double, it's not his problem either. I got to keep that one in mind because just like you, I learned, you know, in the last few years that it's not about me. And I, it took many years to figure out that, hey, people are just having what they have with. What happens now that I've noticed is that, so behind the scenes, like, you know, Michael, you know, here's one of my best friends. And so, He's heard me vent like I'll be pissed off and I'll be on one with Michael. But he knows that when I go talk to anyone, even this week, I had a really good conversation with somebody that I thought I was going to yell at, which I don't yell at him. But I just was really angry. But I had a really good conversation and it was the opposite of anger. It was emotional, vulnerable, opening up and sharing like I didn't even expect. Like this guy got totally raw with me. And it was interesting because um what does happen, and Michael can attest to this, is that now I've been through a lot the last year. I mean, you guys both know. I mean, the whole cancer battle last year, that was like life-threatening, crazy, scary situation. And then behind that, I went through you know, a really bad situation with a business partner that really burned me. And it was interesting because like that's trauma in itself, and I've dealt with it. But what I've noticed is that there's some residual, I don't know, like just – because I'm still going through some of the stuff from the fallout from the business partnership and stuff. Um, I guess the worry and the stress has created more of like an anxious response. So now it's like if there's these bad situations, like I don't want to go to war and go fight, but it makes me anxious. I don't really want to even deal with it. And so I've been digging deep and trying to figure out like, what am I not facing now from the past? You know what I mean? Because as you go through life and like, and you probably, Sunil, could probably relate to this. Like you've probably gone through moments where these traumas, like you said, like the bully, right? Like, you know, like the bully in, in grade school that came up for you. So it's interesting because now, um, you know, it makes me very anxious and I almost don't want to confront it. But then I just feel like because of everything I have been gone through the last year that I feel like I can't handle it. So maybe that's the reaction. But 
Um, you know, Michael, to answer your question though about staying calm and all, like, um, you know, I just what I keep in mind is what the goal of the conversation or the situation even is. And I know that getting to that goal or getting the result I want, I know that going to war with this person is not going to get me closer. Right. I know that pissing them off is not going to get me closer. I'm not saying I'm going to be fake because of that. Cause I'm never fake to get something right. Cause that would make us like these bad salespeople, right? Oh, you're so, your dress is so cute. Or, <laughs> Oh, I love your tie, Sunil. You know, it's like all that BS that they throw at you or, you know, Hey boss, you know, like, Hey boss, you know, like it's like, you know, it's like all that, that's like bullshit meter goes up. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I really um, already know that um, to get the result or whatever I'm trying to achieve, maybe they're not ready. Right. So maybe like you said, maybe with walking away, it could be like, Hey, let's just talk another time. Or maybe we could approach this later. Or maybe it means getting off of a crazy call and sending an email saying, Hey, I know we were trying to discuss this. Here's the points, you know, I was trying to get at, you know, can we talk again or can you respond? I mean, just, I guess like just really, I don't know, Michael, it's not hard for me anymore. Like it's just not hard. I mean, it, it was a muscle at the build and Sunil can attest to this if you remember, because my memory is not that great anymore, but Sunil, you may remember that, you know, two things that were hard for you to get. Well, three things, there's three things you had a hard time getting me to do. One was to really get through not being emotional because you would give me the pep talk before I go talk to the guys. And then initially, like I wouldn't quite get the results or I'd get upset. Eventually though, I built that muscle and I don't know if you remember this part, but I still remember this. The, the president and the vice president made an agreement with each other that they would not talk to me one-on-one. They both had to be there because you had me so good. I would destroy, I would take them apart. And when I say destroy, I don't mean like being mean. I'm just saying I would get what I needed. And what I needed was totally more than reasonable or fair. Right. But he got me that good, Michael. He got me that good that they would not meet with me one-on-one or talk to me one-on-one because they thought they were going to get closed. Well, I mean, I, and I can I can see that because even even the nugget that Sunil just dropped now, like it's it's not like you know when somebody's heated, it's not just directed. It, it's not about me. It's also not about them. Like that second part is super important because Sunil, I'm ref- I find myself reflecting on what you just said, and I kind of envision like even from that perspective, it, it kind of keeps the 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 communication plane level, right? Because if I'm thinking. You know, it's not about me, but it's about but it's about you because you know you have something and you're aware of it and it's causing you to do all this stuff. Like naturally, that puts you down a leg when I'm trying to talk to you. And then subconsciously for me, that means like I'm looking down on you, right? But if I assume like very neutral, it's not about me, you also don't know, right? And let's just have this comp have this neutral conversation. That's where I think I go back to what you were saying earlier. That's where the compassion. And the kindness comes in, right? Like I can be, I can still treat you with compassion and kindness, but I can have, I can very neutrally say like, okay, this is my position. What's your position? What do you want? And let's talk about it in a very, very uh, meaningful way. Yeah. You, you got to start with the energy of the conversation, yeah. you know, and, uh, and, and that's a good way to level the energy uh, because, you know, part of that also is that there's another distinction that comes up with that, which is choice. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I'm choosing to stay in a conversation or not. Yep. And it's my choice. It's not because of him. The moment I start saying, oh, he's being an asshole or whatever, therefore, then you're already limiting the conversation. Yeah. Right? And it's no, it's no longer about choice. It's now he's actually controlling you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. And he doesn't even want to probably. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, – you 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 gotta you gotta be really like super present and alert in a conversation like that, mostly to your own internal state. Like, am I coming from freedom and choice, or am I coming from some kind of narrow agenda to try to beat him or look good? Yeah, like looking good, dominating or avoiding dominating somebody, you know, avoiding their domination, um, or just being right, right? Uh, and so, if you are really super attuned to that, and it's it's. It's easy to think of this theoretically, but you got to practice this. You do. You do. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, practice with your kids first. <laughs> <laughs> practice okay. with your kids. Maybe practice with your partner. Right? <laughs> your dog. Your yeah. cat. <laughs> cat doesn't want to eat. You get pissed off. You know, you, you bring that. 
choice back. <laughs> no, but start small. I'm kind of joking, but really start small. And you'll find that you, over time, you actually get really good at this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I like to create a world where, you know, there's more people like this who are, you know, less contentious, right? You know, it's more focused on trying to make a better world for all of us. Yeah. You definitely have to practice because I, I go back to what you were saying about now, like, even with your bully example, like you kind of feel it, right? I think you have to train yourself to be attuned to kind of those subtle feelings. You gotta feel it in your body. Your body yeah. tells you a hell of a lot, man. I mean, you know, if you pay attention to it, your your body stores a lot of trauma. Uh, so I've learned this, you know, for a long time, uh, you know, uh, I'll just let, I don't wanna get other people traumatized by my story, but you know, I was um, in a situation where I watched my friends being tortured in front of me. Uh, and I got tortured too. So that trauma got compounded to the point where my hands would shake. They, they no longer shake, but they would shake involuntarily. And I learned how to hide it. Uh, you know, and so, but it was useful because over time, like in the early 2000s, by like about 2010, the shaking had completely gone. But in the 2000s, whenever I got into a negotiation, I could feel my hands starting to shake and I knew, okay, this is, there's something going on for me. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of exaggerated, but you can find your own kind of reactions in your body. And if you pay attention to it, it builds a high degree of awareness for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to, I was going to, thanks for sharing that. And I'm sorry you went through that. And, but I, what I was going to share was that I had um, a woman that I worked with um, that really helped me, you know, about 11, 12 years ago. And I was going through some hard times. She wasn't a therapist, but she was, someone that kind of practiced um, something along those lines. And, uh, you know, she was actually a refugee from Vietnam and she had been like, you know, raped and just like, be, I mean, the woman's been through hell. And I know that earlier you said you don't have to go through trauma to obviously have this awareness or, but what I do want to say about people that have gone through trauma like that is like yourself, her, some of the other folks that I've met, your awareness, like your awareness and, and like what you can do to help other people and to the extreme that you're in tune that, I mean, we, we don't want people to go out there and be trauma to be at this level. You can be at this level without the trauma. But what I'm saying is anyone that has gone through these kind of traumas that I've worked with, it's incredible how in tune and how like aware they are. You when know, you she's life changing. Almost like your natural state is to be in tune with your body. You see, Right, just being returned to that natural state, uh, you know, and, and because we have so much technology, I mean, I'm not blaming technology at all, but it's not part of it. We have a lot of distractions, not just technology. The distractions kind of keep you away from looking at your own body, feeling yourself, you know, and experiencing not not just like painful stuff, but also joy, right? And yeah, the the joy of being a children, being present. Uh, I've seen you with your daughter, you know, the pictures that, I mean, you're like totally present with her. I can, can feel it in my body when I see the pictures, you know, and to, to feel that kind of joy also is good. It's a good practice to have. Yeah. yeah no, I, I totally agree. And man, this is, this has been such a great talk. Like I could probably keep on going for another. Couple I, I, of I know. Months. I was, I was just about to say, I was like, Sunil, we might have to do a, a second, a second session with you because I'm like, you know, this is what I love about kind of like when we have guests on, you never know what direction like these conversations are going to go in, but I feel like I got a master class, like, like a master class from you today on just, you know, being, you know, how, how to negotiate, how to communicate, how to just be very aware and attuned with like who you are um, and your feelings and your emotions. Um, I mean, in the time that we have left, I mean, a couple, like one last question that we always kind of, we always like to ask our guests, um, you know, if you were, if you were to put yourself in the shoes of, you know, us being in real estate, and you were kind of starting your own production business today, knowing everything that you've done, uh, everything that you've learned, how would you go about building and growing like your own business, your own real estate production business today? Well, you know, I spent some time uh, looking at my future, what I want to create in the future and create a future vision statement that you can easily remember. And that will always be create a, an anchor for you. You know, like if you get stuck or in a negotiation or you feel yourself swayed by something, you know, you need that kind of anchor that's kind of like palpable rather than tangible, like it's there, you can feel it. Uh, and the more attention you pay to that, the more it'll anchor you. So that's one thing. Then out of the 
the, the future vision statement, start looking at what goals you want to create for the year. Yeah. And just create like four goals because it's hard to really manage beyond four when you're starting out, especially. Um, you know, even if you have one, that's that's perfect. Uh, and then have milestones every month because you, you need to have that kind of concrete pathway. You're like a ship captain planning your path. You got to plan your path. And even if it's going to be the wrong path, start with one, you know, start with a path. Uh, and then the, the other thing I would do is hire a mentor like you guys or someone who's experienced and meet, meet with them twice a month and, and even pay them. Because, you know, you got to have skin in the game. I love what Shane said one time. One of his posts, I was totally taken by it. You know, he said, you know, he, he invests $8,000 minimum into the property that he's representing as an agent. And I went, wow, yeah, that's the right way to do it. That makes complete sense. You gotta, I'm not saying you have to spend $8,000 all the time if you don't have, especially if you don't have the cash. But I've seen you got to put skin in the game. And when you put skin in the game, then you're you're playing a whole, you're on the court now rather than being a spectator commenting on the sport you know a lot of commentators out in the world but very few people playing on the court when you get the buy-in right sunil you get the buy-in totally because then then your client's like wow look at this guy he's in the trenches with me he's not trying to you know take money from me he's actually in the trenches wants me to be successful i love that and work with your coach and your mentor roll up your sleeves do it yeah Uh, you don't want to wait for people to do it to you right Very true. I, I so Sunil, you one thing you didn't know about me, but fun fact: I am a huge Star Wars guy, um, uh, yeah. and I just I, I'm just like I'm, I'm soaking in everything that you're saying because I feel like I'm talking to like a Jedi Master. So I just gotta <laughs> I gotta throw that little bit out there. <laughs> Thank you. I, I think that's laughing. <laughs> no, I I respect that. I mean, we have our you know I'm a big sports fan. I'm a sports memorabilia. We like we just we have our passions and. Being that he's an engineer, like even though his personality doesn't come off as an engineer, this part right here keeps it real, right, Sunil? Like, Absolutely. Like, yeah. like, come at me with something, Sunil. Like, you probably have something like, right, what do you collect or what's like a hobby that might throw people off but sounds like an engineer hobby? Do you have any by chance? Who, me? Yeah. Um, I don't have you – know, I'm so out of tech right now. Uh, but, um, I mean, I love creating like structures for people, you know, in, in tech. I'm designing it from first foundational principles. Like, what do you really need? And I'm really good at that. But um, my hobby these days are writing, actually. I'm, I'm doing a lot of writing. So I'm writing my fourth awesome. book. Uh, awesome. I just finished my third book, which is uh, Divine Chocolate Gangster Advice for the Hustler and You. Uh, Wait, say, say that again? <laughs> Love it. <laughs> say the title again? Yeah, I will. Uh, Divine Chocolate Gangster Advice for the Hustler and You. I love that. <laughs> I didn't expect that from you. See, there you go. See what I mean? I mean, yeah, like I, it draws yeah. you in because those words like don't sound like they should go together, but yeah. <laughs> when you say it, it goes, they, yeah. yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Let's see, that's the know. engineer coming out in both of you. Like you get the star words you get the, in the book titles. The, I just, just wanted to make that, you know, tie that in, but no, that's incredible. When's it coming out or when can we read it? Well, I'm trying to get artwork for it. And I got this Portuguese oh, artist it. to contribute to art, but it's it's completely done, uh, uh, word-wise. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, the stories from my life, but I won a ballroom dance competition using my mentor's advice in three months. I never danced before in my life. Uh, so first prize in fo- well, Foxtrot, Waltz, and Tango. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, three months of, yeah. So, you know, the principles of creating breakthroughs is what this the book is that's like, the that's the fun fact I was looking for. There it is. Well, that's awesome. That's I didn't even know that. Well, Sunil, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. This has honestly been such a great conversation, and I mean, I really appreciate you coming on. And sure. it's nice to get so much FaceTime with you this week after all these years. Yeah. We, you know, and and as we kind of wrap up, Sunil, like um, for our audience out there that's listening, if they're interested in kind of reaching out to you, connecting with you, what what's the best way for them to do that? There are two ways, you know, if you want to have a uh, like a one-on-one conversation, maybe for about thirty minutes about your business or life or anything else, um, uh, I have a website called meetupchat.com. So meetup m e e t u p c h a t dot com. Uh, if you want to find out more about my business, you can go to my full name, Sunil Baskaran. I'm sure you'll put the name there, sunilbaskaran dot com. All right, well, great, Sunil. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you on on the podcast. 
Um, we look forward to kind of speaking with you again, hopefully sometime soon. Yeah, part two. Thanks. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the Top Producing Zone podcast. 